thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you so much for joining us. Come on in and we're going to have a good time around the Word. Yes. We're going to get answers for our life and hear answers for that those things that we need to know. Amen. Uh, we've been looking at something, two things, first of all, something that Brother Copeland has said to us often, and then we're going to look at a passage in the book of Acts. So what Brother Copeland, so thankfully, he repeats it time and time again for us, and it's this. This, the will of God is your wealthy place. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's where every arena of your life will be enriched yes. is in the will of God. Yes. When we're not, um, if I could say this, if we're, if we're dismissive mm -hmm. of what God's will is for our life, that will show up in the different arenas of our life. Yes. But if we embrace the will of God and are wholehearted yes. towards what God has for us, that will show up yes. in every arena of life. Yes. And I don't know about you, I want to live healed. Yes. So I know that health, to live in divine health, we have to live, we have to live close to God. Yes. To live close to God includes living close to his will, yes. walking out his plan and his will. So when the, the decisions of life come along, we always should ask ourselves, number one, what does the word say? Number two, what's the will of God for my life? Yes. Amen. Amen. We don't just take something because it's a good idea. We don't just go the direction of something that's a good, profitable yes. option. Yes. We say, is this in line with the will of God? And we measure everything and we wait before God mm -hmm. to make sure that anything we're going to choose is perfectly in line with what his will is for our life. Amen. Why? Because as Brother Copeland said, the will of God is your wealthy place. Uh, notice this, what isn't the will of God can be an unwealthy place or an unhealthy place or an unpeaceful place. Amen. So the will of God is what is where we're going to receive the highest flow of what God has made ours. Amen. Um, another passage that we've been looking at is in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. We want you to get your Bible or your device and follow along with us. This is Paul writing, and he tells us this. He says, Now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth, in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. 
Well, we started a couple of episodes ago looking at just what all this passage holds for us. Um, we're going to go further today and we probably won't finish today just because <laughs> I usually don't finish in a day. <laughs> but um, we want to go back and look again at verse 22. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 20, verse 22, Paul says, Now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. What we've been stating, and we ask you, go back and watch the previous episodes that are in this series because um, we don't have time to restate everything, but we don't want you to miss what was said previously. So Paul said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. What would be Jerusalem for us? It's not the location. It's just where did God tell you to be? That's what Jerusalem is, where God told him to go. It's where God tells us to be. We... We have to be, as Paul said, I go bound in the spirit to where God told me to be. Um, We were looking at this word bound because it's critical. It's not the word bondage. Many people would think bound and bondage are the same thing. No, he says, I am committed in my spirit to what God has told me to do. Really, when we look at this word bound, we could also include in it the word consecrated. I'm committed. I'm consecrated to what God has told me to do. Look at these three words, I go bound. Really, we're not ready to go until we are bound, until we are committed to what God has said. We don't go just trying it. We go intending to fulfill what he's directed us to do. We're not just going to go halfway and see if we like it and if we don't, we'll back up and go in another direction. No, we're committed. When we know something is the will of God, circumstances have nothing to say to us. Amen. Yes, circumstances will come, but we don't take our counsel from them. Why? I'm committed to the will of God. And here he says, I go bound in the spirit. His heart was agreeing with this. The spirit of God made it clear to him and his own spirit agreed to what the spirit of God said. Amen. Amen. This is critical to finishing. Now notice what he says in verse, uh, he says, verse 24, that I might finish my course with joy. You don't finish your course with joy until you go bound in the spirit to what God told you to do. Amen. Amen. And all of us have been told to do something, called to do something, something we're to carry out in his plan. And so Paul said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. We spent time talking about that word on the two previous episodes, but I want to go still a little further with that phrase, going bound in our spirits. That means never belittle what God has called you to. Never belittle what's in you and say, well, God doesn't need me to serve here or sit and serve there. Wherever he told you to be, you need to be there. And you might think, well, it's not my role or my place is not as important as someone else's. You're not authorized to belittle the greater one in you. None of us are authorized. Never diminish his greatness by just looking at us. Amen. The greater one in every single one of us is needed by someone. And he wants us to be where he told us to be so that we can be the blessing that he can be through us. Amen. 
So Paul was ready to go to a place where he would face opposition. Yes. See, God, uh, now, now notice this because I, I want to read this to you because maybe people don't always understand what this means in verse 23. It says, the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So Paul is traveling to Jerusalem, and in his course of travels, he's stopping off at different locations. And someone there, some church he's attending, some group he's ministering to, someone stands up by the Spirit of God and says, bonds and afflictions abide you. They're waiting for you when you get to Jerusalem. Many of them, though, misunderstood what that meant and thought that that meant don't go. But that wasn't what the Spirit of God told Paul. You know, many times somebody, they they haven't heard what you've heard. I'm talking about from God. And so they may get a measure of something about your life and think it means one thing. That's why you have to go by what's in your spirit, not by what somebody else would define that as. Because we have scriptures and we don't, for time's sake, we don't have time to go to them. But when, uh, when Agabus stood up, And he took Paul's own girdle and bound his hands and feet and said, the man that owns this girdle, that's what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem. And so that congregation there tried to talk Paul out of going to Jerusalem. But God wasn't saying that to Paul so that he wouldn't go ahead. He was saying it so he would be prepared. To be, for, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. He's not walking into this blindly. He knows there's going to be opposition, but he has already bound himself to what God has said. Amen. And so he's prepared to go there. You know, Jesus knew what was going to happen to him, that he would be offered as a sacrifice. But just because of what he knew, he didn't step back from moving into it. Amen. He was prepared to face that. Well, God wants us prepared. And the primary way to be prepared is agree with the plan of God. And then when something comes to try to take us off course or entice us off the plan of God, we say, nope, I'm already bound. I know what the Spirit of God has told me to do. And you don't let others define what that is when you know in your own spirit what God has said to you. So people would, when Paul would travel and on his way to Jerusalem, someone in the congregation would say by the Spirit, you're going to have bonds and afflictions. And he said, none of this moves me. Why? What moved him? What God told him to do. Not the opposition that he would face. Amen. Amen. So we see this, that his own spirit agreed. I said his own spirit agreed with the plan of God. Don't entertain anything other than what God has said to you. This is where some people get off. They start mentally conjuring up or formulating something that they think would be a good idea and they start entertaining it. And then they start, if I could say this, mingling their soul in with their spirit mingling their thoughts of their mind in with what they know in their spirit. And then they start losing clarity of what their spirit told them. You start entertaining something God didn't author and you'll lose clarity of what God was really even saying to you. Remember what it says that the word of God is sharp. It's, it's, it's alive. It's quick. It's sharper than any two edges sword dividing between Dividing asunder between spirit and soul. Dividing them, not mingling them. Dividing them. 
if we just sit and mentally start figuring out something good for our life, a good direction for our life, and we start mingling it with what our spirit has said to us, we become unclear about what our spirit has said. What is me and what is God now? Because they've been mingling the thoughts, their own human reasoning in with what their spirit is directing them to do. And then they lose clarity and go, well, I don't know. Well, don't mingle them, divide them. Amen. That means the best way to divide them is don't entertain what didn't come out of your heart. Let, let, what, let the direction come from your heart and not from a well-meaning mind. Amen. Um, Dad Hagen, who is our spiritual father, he talks about the time that he pastored for 12 years. And uh, God had him doing that to prepare him for where he was taking him. But at the end of his pastorate, he was to start in the traveling ministry. And then he would begin to operate, step into the prophet's office, which was the highest office that God had for him to occupy. Well, after he left pastoring his, his last church, he began to run into all kinds of opposition. Why? Because when you go to advance into another room of God's plan for your life, the devil's not going to stand there and congratulate you. He's going to oppose you. So there was all kinds of opposition that came up. And so Brother Hagen, as a young minister, began to think, well, maybe I just need to go back to pastoring. Somebody offered for him to come to a church and try out pastoring. And he was going to go the following week to just go preach for this congregation to see if they would vote on him to be the pastor. Well, he had been raised up off of a deathbed as a teenager from heart conditions, all kinds of difficulties that he had had physically and God had raised him up. But when he started entertaining, going back into pastoring after God told him to come out of pastoring, then he fell over with a heart attack in the floor. You see, when he just started entertaining going a wrong direction because he knew God had told him to be done with the past, the pastoring season was over for him. But see, in his own mind, he started figuring out, well, you know, I could stay home with my kids and all these good reasons that look to be good to go back to pastoring. So when he started entertaining that, uh, he was out of the will of God because he knew what God had said, you're done pastoring. And that's why many people enter into struggles and have difficulties because once they know what God's dealing with them about, but they start incorporating something of their own liking, something of their own choosing, and then they start having struggles, financial struggles, sometimes physical struggles, problems in the marriage, and they go, I don't know why I'm having problems. Well, are you staying with what God said or are you adding in your own preferences? of the flesh, of the mind, of the reasonings of man. Paul said that I might finish my course with joy. In this passage that we read in Acts 20, he said that I might finish my course with joy. We can't finish our course with joy when we're inserting our own plan. To finish our course with joy, let's keep our plans out of God's plans. Let's take the time to hear his plan and then be bound to his plan, not bound to something we planned. Amen. Amen. We have to stay true to how the spirit of God is leading us. Now, turn with me if you would in your Bibles, follow along with us, go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 
First Timothy chapter one, and I'm going to read out of the King James first and then the Amplified Classic translation. First Timothy chapter one and verse 19. Paul is writing to Timothy, a young minister. And the King James translation says, holding faith and a good conscience. Now, what is your conscience? Your conscience is the voice of your own spirit speaking to you. Not so much in words, but your conscience tells you, "Mm, don't do that. You just have a knowing, a sense, don't do that. That's your spirit communicating to you. That's your conscience. So the Holy, God speaks to the Holy Spirit who indwells you. The Holy Spirit speaks it to your spirit. And so then your spirit communicates it to your own understanding. You get that? When God speaks to you, he doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit through the Holy Spirit that's within you. So your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Your spirit is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That's why your spirit is a safe guide. So Paul is telling Timothy, as you move forward, so to speak, hold to faith and hold to a good conscience. Hold to what you know your spirit is saying to you. Uh, You can have faith, but if you are holding to the reasonings of your mind, your faith won't be as effective. For your faith to be effective, you have to hold to what God is saying to you to do. Don't put your faith on something God doesn't have for your life. Put your faith on His plan, not your plan. So Paul is telling Timothy in the King James, holding faith and a good conscience. So he doesn't just say hold faith. Yes, we hold faith, but we still have to hold to what God's telling us. That's what that means, a good conscience. Hold to your faith and hold to what God is telling you to do. Your conscience is telling you what that is. And he said, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Now, I want to read out the Amplified Classic translation, verse 19. Paul said this, holding fast to faith, that that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence and having a good, clear conscience. Now look at that. A clear conscience is one that hasn't gone against God. Your conscience isn't clear when you know you're doing something God told you not to do. Or you know you're doing something that is different than what God has told you to do. Your conscience isn't clear. That's what a good conscience is. It's a clear conscience. And everyone knows that I'm talking about a clear conscience. Remember when you were being raised and mama told you not to touch that and you touched that and mama comes home, if she were to hook you up to a lie detector, you couldn't have passed. <laughs> because your, your, your conscience wasn't clear. Right? <laughs> That's what we, to, to be peaceful, we have to have our conscience clear. Yes. So he's saying, holding fast to faith and a good, clear conscience. Look at the next phrase. By rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience. What is their conscience? What God is saying to them. By rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience and what God has said to them, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. Why? They're trying to have faith for something God didn't tell them they could have. They're trying to have faith for a direction God didn't tell them to go. And then their faith is wrecked yes. because they've got it on something that God's not backing up. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, to, to thrive and to have 
promotion and advancement and spiritual fruit, we need faith, but we also need to follow our spirits. Follow the word, follow the spirit. Faith comes by hearing the word. So we could say this is a word and spirit prescription. Holding faith, which comes through the word, holding to a clear conscience, which comes by listening to the Holy Ghost. So he says, hold to the word, hold to what the spirit has said to you. We can't override our spirits and expect to finish joyfully. If we persist in going against what we have in our own spirits, we will lose clarity of what the Spirit of God has said to us. And I don't want to lose clarity. We need to live, we need to have clarity so that we can live accurately. That we're not just, we don't just try this direction. Well, maybe I can have this business or maybe I can move to this city or maybe I can marry this person or maybe maybe I should buy this home. Without clarity, we're living by trial and error. We're, we're not sentenced to live the way the rest of the world lives. The rest of the world that's unsaved, that is out of fellowship with God, all they can live by is what they can figure out. We're not sentenced to that low level of living. We live by what God communicates, what he planned and communicates by his spirit to our own spirit. We say, that's what's going to direct me. That's what's going to guide me. I'm going to, I'm going to put my faith on what God says, holding faith and a clear conscience. So when you know how God's directing you, add your faith to that. Amen. Now, choose to be bound and we were talking about this in, in the two previous episodes. Choose to be bound to what God has connected to you. He, when he assigns you something that's connected to your life, be bound to that. Yes. Don't be swayed off of that. Don't be yes. tempted away from that. Uh, my mother was a beautiful seamstress. You know, past generations would make clothes. Did you know that? (laughs) Some people today don't even know that. Mother made basically everything I ever wore growing up. She did that for all four of us kids. She did beautiful handwork. She was, she was very particular and made lovely things. And, um, if something wasn't sewn or a seam broke, the reason a seam in that clothing broke open is because it wasn't bound fully. Or something compromised uh-huh. what the binding. Yes. And if, if for something, maybe if somebody, maybe the, the elbow area, something in the seam of that split, mm-hmm. mother would take that and rebind that. Mm-hmm. And she would take that seam and she would go over that seam and go back and forth, back and forth. If it was a place where there was a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. she would sew it more than once. Why? To make sure that it did not come loose under pressure. Why do people under pressure change directions they aren't bound? They're loosely connected. So when Paul said, I go bound, why? Because he knew great pressure was going to come in the opposition that he was going to face in Jerusalem. So he bound himself so that nothing came loose whenever pressure came. He was still fixed. He was still firm and in place. Amen. So don't be loosely connected to what God's called you to. Be firm. Be resolute in that. Amen. Uh, The Old Testament says, set your face like flint. 
I'm immovable. Amen. And we're told in the New Testament, be immovable, be vigilant, right? Um, Don't be loosely connected. If you have, I don't know so much about cars today so much when it comes because they're so computerized. But years ago, before all the cars were highly computerized, people could work on their own cars freely. And you could, um, if something, if the car wasn't starting or if it wasn't running right, you looked under the hood and many times you could see that something, something might still be attached, but it had loosened its connection. And sometimes all you had to do was tighten that thing back up and then, then the engine would run right. Loose connections cause people not to arrive. Loose connections cause a breakdown in the movement of something. And so we have to make sure we're firmly connected, not loosely connected. Um, Choose to be bound to what God connects you to. What has God connected you to? First of all, his word. I'm bound to his word. I'm not taking counsel. I'm not letting anything else take the lead in my life, but the word of God and the spirit of God that leads me according to his word. So we're to be bound to the word of God. We're to be bound to follow the Spirit of God who has been given as our personal helper. Not only that, we're bound to the plan of God. God has a plan for each and every life. Be bound to it. Don't treat it as optional. Uh, Be bound to the plan of God for your home, your family, uh, your marriage, your children. What is the plan of God? What direction does God have for your family, your home to go in? Be bound to that. Yes. Don't exchange that for anything or Amen. anybody else. Yes. What about this? Being bound to the place of the local church where God has assigned you to be. Be bound to that. Be bound to that pastor that God has put in your yes. life. Why? Because that is... is what a school teacher is to a student, a pastor is to a Christian. You can't be spiritually edu- educated without having a pastor. You need Every Christian needs a pastor. Jesus said that the sheep were fainting and scattered because they were sheep having no shepherd. A shepherd is not an option in the life of the believer. It is mandatory just as an instructor or a teacher is mandatory in the life of an academic student. That's right. Be bound to the local church. Don't let the devil dupe you and pull you away from your man of God, your church family. Don't let offense, don't let unforgiveness. Know where God has placed you and be bound there. And only God can redirect you. And I guarantee he's not redirecting you every three months. That's true. To a different place, a different church, a different pastor. Hear from God where he intends to have your life and your family nourished spiritually and be bound there. That doesn't mean bondage. It means committed. There are times, as I said, that God may direct you to a place to get further light, but it's not just because of people getting offended. Then be bound to those that God has placed as divine connections in your life. Amen. There are people that God has in your life to speak into your life. It begins with your pastor. And there may be some others. Be bound to that. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Amen. Amen. 
If God puts something together, we're not authorized to, to cause it to not be, not be connected. Amen. So we're bound, when we're bound to the right thing, we won't be carried off in the storms. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time. We, we just don't get very far in these because I just keep going. But there's so much to say and we don't want you to miss it. So join us next time. And then until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual camp meeting here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California. Speakers include Nancy Dufresne, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, and Bill Winston. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.